Good morning, everyone. It is good to be back today. Hope you all are enjoying the beautiful spring weather that we've been having. I know I am, and we appreciate you tuning in again and being with us. And uh, we hope this has been a blessing to you and hope we're being a help. And always enjoy uh, preaching the gospel anywhere I can to anyone that is willing to listen. And hope that you all are uh, getting something from this. Hope you all are learning something. We just have a desire to teach people as much as we can from the scriptures, and one of the things that uh, we've been doing at our church the last couple weeks, I've had several people tell me whenever I'm preaching that uh, it's hard to follow along with all the scriptures, and I I do try to use a lot of scripture whenever I'm preaching uh, for a couple reasons. One, I figure the more scripture I use, um, you know, the more truth you're going to hear, and then second of all, um, I understand that what I teach here and uh, what we teach and preach at our church is probably not what is taught in the majority of churches today. And so we like to make sure that people understand that we're not just making this stuff up, that it does come from the scriptures. And so one of the things we've been doing, I can't really do this over the radio, but at church on Sunday mornings, I make sure in the bulletin I have all the different scriptures that I'm going to be going into. And I did that by uh, request because so folks could... Uh, be able to keep up and they can mark the scriptures ahead of time. I don't like putting the scriptures up on a screen or anything. I want people to get used to looking through their Bibles and know how to find things and so they can see for themselves from the Bible and uh, just kind of check up on me, make sure that I'm teaching the truth. And so uh, I hope you do. I hope you follow along with your Bibles on this program. And if it's not from the Word of God, well, then it's not something we ought to be too concerned about not going to waste a whole lot of time with stuff that's not from the word of god as far as what we teach and preach and we just want to be a blessing to you and a help and we know the word of god will always help anyone and you know what else you know the bible says the bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine and so i'm going to try to give you all a little bit of medicine this morning everyone's been enjoying the joke so far i'm really kind of surprised um you know because I've always been told uh, when I tell jokes, they're not very funny. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway. And if anything, I will enjoy myself doing this. I love a good story as much as anyone else. But I want to tell you this one right now. Uh, This one is called Satan Visits the Church. And, you know, these jokes that I'm telling you, they might be old. Maybe you've heard them a thousand times. But um, if they are old, you know, don't tell me. Just try to encourage me a little bit and tell me they're good. But this one says, one bright, beautiful Sunday morning. Everyone in Tiny Jonestown wakes up early and goes to their local church. Before the service starts, the townspeople sit in their pews and talk about their lives and their families. Suddenly, at the altar one Sunday morning, Satan appears. Everyone starts screaming and running for the front entrance, trampling each other in their determined efforts to get away from the evil incarnate. Soon, everyone is evacuated from the church except for one man who sits calmly in his pew seemingly oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy is in his presence. This confuses Satan a bit. Satan walks up to the man and says, Hey, don't you know who I am? The man says, Yep, sure do. Satan says, Well, aren't you afraid of me? The man says, Nope, sure ain't. Satan perturbed says, And why aren't you afraid of me? The man says, Well, I've been married to your sister for 25 years. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, man. One of these days, I'll get a laugh from everybody. Well, let's try one more. I, I thought this one was funny. When I 
read this one, I got a good laugh, and I appreciate that. I've had some folks that have sent me several jokes that they would like me to try, and uh, but this one, I particularly like this one. I want to read to you, and it's, this one's called Two Troublemakers. It says, a couple had two little mischievous boys. I guess I can relate to this one. I've got two boys, ages 8 and 10. They were always getting into trouble, and their parents knew that if any mischief occurred in their town, their sons would get the blame. The boy's mother heard that a clergyman in town had been successful in disciplining children. So she asked if he would speak with her boys. The clergyman agreed and asked to see them individually. So the mother sent her eight-year-old in first. The older boy to, or, and then the older boy to see the clergyman in the afternoon. The clergyman, a huge man with a booming voice, sat the younger boy down and asked him sternly, Where is God? The boy's mouth dropped open, but he made no response, sitting there with his mouth hanging open. The clergyman repeated the question, Where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So the clergyman raised his voice some more and shook his finger in the boy's face and bellowed, Where is God? The boy screamed and bolted from the room. He ran directly home and dove into his closet, slamming the door behind him. When his older brother found him in the closet, he asked, What happened? The younger brother, gasping for breath, replied, We are in real big trouble this time. God is missing, and they think we did it. All right, we got some cheers that time. Well, I tell you, I hope some of y'all were laughing. Hope somebody out there got a blessing from those. Maybe we got you in a little better mood this morning. So, right now, let's go ahead and get into what's really important. Let's get into the scriptures. And we're going to start out in Mark chapter 12 this morning. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And hopefully I didn't just quench the spirit there. But I do like to have fun sometimes. Nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun. And sometimes... Uh, maybe my fun is at other people's expense. Maybe that was at your expense, but I don't know. Let me know. And, you, you know, always feel free to email or call us. We'd love to have you come and visit us one of these days. We would uh, love it if you came. If you come and you tell us that uh, you heard about us on the radio program, if you would like, we've got Bibles that we would love to give you. love to give you a free Bible. That way you yourself could check and make sure that what we're telling is the truth. I tell you, I wish people would get in their Bibles and if they would, it would stop a lot of false teaching from happening because people would be able to call them out. And so get in your Bibles. Don't just assume everything you hear is the truth. Check it up with the Word of God. So Mark chapter 12 this morning, verse 28, says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, talking about Jesus, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that He answered discreetly, He said unto him, 
Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any questions. So right here we read an interesting story about a Pharisee that understood something about the scriptures that others hadn't noticed, but we see he was still lacking something. And while we see here that this guy was probably doing better than most, we still see that he wasn't saved. Notice how this man, how observant he was, and how Christ answered the question correctly, and that's what's the first commandment. What was the first commandment that God gave to the children of Israel? It was to love God. That was the first, that was the greatest commandment. Jesus went a little further. The second is loving thy neighbor. And in other accounts of the gospel, when Jesus would talk about this, he would uh, refer to how on these two laws hang all the law and the prophets. If we would love God, we would keep the first four commandments. And if we would love our neighbor, if we would love others, we'd keep the other six. We'd keep all the ten commandments if we just kept those two commandments of loving God and loving others. That's for sure. And then, but this Pharisee, he understood something very clearly uh, that was very good here that I believe Jesus was pleased when he saw that he answered this. And that is how to love God with all heart and all understanding, with all the soul and strength, all that is more than burnt offerings and sacrifices. He understood that obeying those commandments was much more important than the traditions and things that they had. It was, I mean, it was so much more important than all those things. And Jesus told me, said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And we see that he was still was not saved. And we're going to look at what it means to love God, like Jesus talked about here, and like the Old Testament teaches. And then I, at the end of this, I want to—I think believe we'll be able to see exactly why this Pharisee didn't quite make it, why he wasn't there, while while he was a good guy and understood things a lot of other people didn't, he still wasn't saved. And listen, I, religious folks especially need to listen to this today, because it's possible that you just because you're religious, it doesn't mean that you're saved. Just because you're a good person, it does not mean that you're on your way to heaven. And Jesus, I believe, wanted to teach us something here. And I hope we can get this same message today. But first off, let's look at what he said to do. First, he said we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart. What does that mean to love God with all your heart? Well, it means that you're supposed to love him with all your faculties or powers. That means love him supremely. We're supposed to love God more than all other beings and things. And to love him with all the heart is to fix the affection supremely on him, more strongly than on anything else, and to be willing to give up all that we hold dear at his command. Now, when you think about it that way, you think, wow, that is a pretty big command. And the truth is, it is. We're supposed to love God with all our heart. In other words, he comes first. Okay. In other words, God is the priority. The very first of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. No other gods before me. We, God is not, and God wants to be first in our lives. Now listen, God's not asking us to neglect others. Truth is, if our relationship is right with Him, I believe it'll make all other relationships better. For example, if we love God, we're going to see in a little bit that we're going to keep his commandments. And did you know one of God's commandments for men and husbands is husbands, 
love your wives. Okay, If we're right with God, then we're going to want to love our wives like we're supposed to. We're supposed to bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We're supposed to love our neighbor. And so in us trying to please God, in us keeping God first, I believe it would be beneficial to all other relationships. And many times people, you know, oh, I don't I don't think God cares if I, you know, miss church today because I'm going to go spend it with family. And God wants us to have good relationships with family. And obviously he does, but, you know, he does want to be first. He does want to have priority in our lives. And it's amazing all the things we'll say, God will understand, God will understand. And the truth is, it's not we're not most people aren't really trying to please God they're just trying to please themselves they want to make all their family happy so they don't get mad at them and then you know make their life miserable truth is many people they just use family or friends sometimes as an excuse they don't really love God with all their heart and God's not asking us to neglect others you get your heart right with God and i believe that you will be a better friend a better family member husband wife whatever you will be better across the board and truth is we see in the bible that a god it can be anything that's just exalted too much in estimation many times we make gods out of uh, maybe some of our possessions or or hobbies even oh you know the lord will understand if i'm fishing on sunday instead of going to church okay in other words you've just you've put the god of you know pleasure ahead of the true god you know, we always say God will understand this, God will understand that, and we use it as an excuse to disobey the commandments of God when the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then we try to say that we do love God with all our hearts, and the truth is, we love our little hobbies, you know, we love all our little things that we like to do so much better than God, making those things God's. They love their careers, you know, they love their you know, their hobbies, their sports, their TV show. I mean, it's amazing how many people, you know, they can't go to church on a weeknight because their favorite show's on. Okay, in the day when you can record everything. I mean, you know, churches, they used to have revival meetings on a regular basis, you know, every night of the week. But, you know, nowadays, it's hard to do that because, unfortunately, people, they're not going to miss their favorite TV show to come to church. I mean, it's amazing the gods that we have put in front of the true God. You know, Philippians 3.19 says, Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. What does that mean, whose God is their belly? In other words... You know, that flesh. You know, we all like to please our belly. You know, we do that with the different food that we eat and the drinks that we drink. We like to do things that please ourselves. And I, and what it's talking about there is basically whose God is just their flesh. Whatever satisfies their flesh, that's what they're going to do. That's going to be their priority. And for some people, this morning, your flesh is saying, sleep in. You know, you're tired, which they will say means I am sick and they will skip church when really they're just trying to please the God of their belly okay get up you'll feel better uh, after you wake up just go drink some coffee and you'll be fine you're not sick you're just tired because you stayed up late watching TV last night so just get over that don't lie to God he knows and you know what your preacher knows when you give him the excuses and everything just go to bed earlier next week all right and you'll be fine but anyway side note there 
But so love God with all your heart, and then also love Him with all your soul. Okay, what does that mean? With all thy soul. Well, basically, with all thy life. This means to be willing to give up life to Him and devote it all to His service. When I say give up life, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about, you know, dying right now, but basically your life is devoted to Him and to His service. And if that means you're willing to die at His command, well, then so be it. John 15:13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. We say we love God, but we're not willing to die for him, or we're not even willing to live our life for him. Well, th there's a problem there. I don't believe we do love God as much as we should. Many people are not willing to devote their lives to him, to live their lives for him. I mean, many people, they think they're doing God a big favor if they show up for church for an hour a week. And they think that's giving God their whole life. No, to so love him with all your soul. I mean, your your life is devoted to his service. In other words, God, he is the potentate. That's in a word you don't hear very often, but we see it in the Bible in 1 Timothy 6.15. It says, which in times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and lord of lords. A, a potentate, that's someone who possesses great power or sway. In other words, I mean, Jesus Christ he is the focal point. He is the one who has power over us. He is the only one that has sway in our life. And we're going to be obedient to Him no matter what. We shouldn't be influenced by the things of this world, the trends of this world. It's amazing how many people, and even churches today, are changing what they do and changing what they teach just based on the times. Okay, Right now in our Supreme Court, there have been a lot of talk about this gay marriage thing and it's going to be sad how many churches if they uh, vote in favor of it are going to go right along with it i'm going to tell you right now i'm not influenced by them i know what the bible says and they have no influence on me we're going to teach what the bible teaches and if they don't like it well then uh, they can come after us i'm not really that worried about it they have no influence over me i know what the bible teaches Okay? It doesn't matter what the majority say. I know what the Bible says. You, they can come out with as many news reports. They can do as many documentaries or whatever. And it doesn't matter. I'm not swayed by that. They have no influence in my life. And they shouldn't have any influence on your life. Jesus Christ, He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But you know what if they, you know, what if they come after? What if they try to close our churches down? What if they try to throw us in jail? But the truth is, we should not allow love of life to cause us to disobey. Acts 20, verse 24 says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I, like I don't count my life dear. Okay, This isn't mine. It belongs to God. Therefore, they can do what they want to do. Uh, I'm not influenced here. I'm still going to keep on doing the right thing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Revelation 12:11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, And that verse there doesn't mean they hated their lives. I'm sure many of these martyrs that it's talking about there, they loved living, but at the same time, when the Bible sometimes uses the word love, it's talking about 
a priority thing about prioritizing it and their priority was loving God and serving God and so when it came time to sacrifice their lives that was okay because their life was not the priority and it shouldn't be ours God's will is the priority and so they can make whatever laws they want they can say whatever they want to say and uh, the Bible Bible's not going to change and neither should we and as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to. But the Bible says also we're supposed to love God with all our mind. And with all thy mind, that means to submit the intellect to His will. To love His law and the gospel more than we do the decisions of our own minds. To be willing to submit all our faculties to His teaching and guidance. And to devote to Him all our intellectual attainments and all the results of our intellectual efforts. So, in other words, God is the persuader. Exodus 20, verse 4 says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. It's like, uh uh-oh, we're back in idolatry again. And I know I probably made a lot of people mad uh, speaking out against uh, idolatry last week. But one thing that we do sometimes is we let other things take our focus off of God and what He said to do. We let other things persuade us. And the truth is, the only thing that should have influence on our life is the Word of God. The Word of God is how we base all of our decisions. Many people today put their intellect over the Word of God. They'll see things like John 14, verse 15, where it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. I've mentioned that several times. And they'll look at the commandments of God, and they'll see things like, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But for some reason, they think they're above that. They don't have a problem with adultery or idolatry. Like we talked about last week, they feel... It's okay. They have not submitted their mind and their intellect to the will of God. And I'm going to just be honest. There are things in the Bible that I don't necessarily agree with or even necessarily like, but I'm willing to submit my mind to God's word. And so if I disagree with the Bible, then that means I'm wrong and I'm going to do what's commanded even if I don't like it. That's what it means to love God with all your mind, that we let His Word, I mean, that's the basis of our decision. Also in John 14 and verse 22, it says, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So we see here how if you love God, you're going to keep his commandments. Do you think everybody in the world that's being obedient to the word of God agrees with it? And likes all of it. But the truth is there's many people who are loving God with all their mind. And therefore, it doesn't matter 
what they think. They are going to be obedient to the Bible. And that's what we're supposed to do. So then finally, we see we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and then finally our strength. And basically that means with all the faculties of soul and body to labor and toil for his glory and to, and to make that the great object of all efforts. In other words, God is our power. See, the truth is our strength is not that great. To just love God with all of our strength really isn't that good unless you consider Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we love God with all of our strength, we understand that it's not just our own strength that is very little, but God can give us strength to do more and to do greater. And loving God with all your strength can give you the ability to accomplish great things for him. In our own strength, we can do very little. But if we love God and desire to do more, God will give us the ability. So we see, that, you, know, you ask the question, how could that Pharisee be so close? Jesus said, I mean, you're not far from the kingdom of God. But we understand he didn't understand one very important thing, and that is none of us have completely obeyed the greatest commandment. Which means... We have committed the greatest sin. We all like to talk about how good we are. I've never killed anybody. I never stole anything. I've never been to prison. But have you ever not loved God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, if, they, if you haven't, then you've broken the biggest of all the commandments. If you've ever put anything before God, you've broken the greatest commandment. And if we understand this, what this ought to do, it's like, well, you know, who can obey that great commandment? Well, what we're supposed to do when we see that we are, this is supposed to show us that we are a sinner, that we're guilty. Yeah, maybe you haven't killed anybody, but you broke a bigger commandment than that. You didn't love God. And what this should do is cause us to call on Christ and just ask for mercy, to ask for salvation, to depend on his righteousness and not our own. That's why Isaiah 64 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we do all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away we don't deserve salvation we are lawbreakers we are sinners and we need to call on the lord for salvation thank you so much for tuning in today i hope this was a help to you and right now, before the program ends, we're going to listen to a song by Steve and Benita Epley. They are going to be at our church on the first Sunday morning in, uh, in May. And we would love to have you come out that day and be a part of our, I'm sorry, in June. They're going to be here the first Sunday in June. We're going to have a special day. And listen to their song, and I hope it will be a blessing to you. <laughs> 